Cheers, Bill. <laughs> Cheers to Di Sarano. <laughs> and to welcoming back another episode of <laughs> Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, it's almost a centennial time. <laughs> 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Uh, welcome back, folks, to our weekly Nets podcast. We are here, as we are each and every unrelenting week, to talk all things Nets Nation. It is the doldrums of summer, yet we... Continue to produce the content you know, you love, you need. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Someone does. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I have noticed a spike. Ooh, you've got a little white something in your ear. Uh, oh, you got it. You got it. Great. Um, oh, I didn't actually try the Di Serrano. Mm. You're going to love it. Have you never had it before? Oh my god. <laughs> it's got some sweetness. That to it. um that could have <laughs> used a little more time on ice actually. <laughs> I know that that one cool off. Uh, oh good god. It tastes like uh maraschino cherry. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I said when I was first introduced to it. Oh boy, oh boy. When I fell in love at yeah, first taste. Like the, the this the not even the cherry. The cherry itself has a little bite, a little, you know, reality to it. This is like that red goo next to it. Um, Anyway, thank you again for the Di Serrano. My home is infinitely classier. Uh, Kyle also showed me the ad, the Di Serrano ad that uh, sparked his imagination for it. I don't remember that ad at all. It's like, oh, really? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, like, as we all know, advertisements uh, traffic in fiction, you know? (laughs) But, like, there's some truth. Like, for example, like, a, a Budweiser commercial of like people partying. Like it doesn't mean if you open up a Budweiser, you're an it's instant a party. party right. But we've all been to parties where like beer is yes. is there. But the Deserano ad makes it seem like you just go to any bar in town and you're like Deserano on the rocks, right. and like the bartender and everyone looks at you. <laughs> and if you've ever even ordered, like I'm can't imagine what it's actually like to order a Deserano at a bar, but. Well, at best, it's confused. I would imagine Claire and I were going to dinner in like Murray Hill last night, and so we met up for a drink beforehand. So I did a, um, a Yelp search for any do- <laughs> single dollar sign bars around there, and uh-huh. found a little place called Patty McGuire's. Oh, very nice. Um, and I noticed great. prominently on their bar behind the thing, prominently placed was a. Industrial-sized bottle of Deserano, huh. and I—that is because Kyle had brought it up, and I was like, "Oh, I never had it." He says it's basically at no bars he goes to. Yeah, um, and <laughs> it, again, there is one place in Muriel you can definitely get Deserano, <laughs> and they've like again just to say like Deserano on the rocks implies that like people have been having it for years, and right. now they've come up with different variations on it, which right. is also like, just not true. Your, your, your grandfather had it neat, you <laughs> yeah, know, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But supermodels are having it on the rocks, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, as you can tell, this is a <laughs> Nets basketball <laughs> podcast. We are deep into to the summer when nothing's happening, and I feel like we are now trying to carve out a little niche for ourselves as some of the only people bothering to produce mm-hmm. NBA content mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, most other podcasts that I routinely listen to have signed off for the summer months, uh, enjoying vacations and whatnot, family time. Uh, we're here. Yeah. So right. we're filling that void of NBA content for the people. Uh, as Simon alluded to, this is our 99th episode. Uh, last episode, we we plugged that we were going to have our 100th episode soon, next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were hoping to get to 100 followers on, mm. <laughs> on Twitter. How did we do? Um, we were at 93 last week, Simon, and Claire pointed out to me last night at our lovely dinner. That we're now at 92. Oh. <laughs> That's brutal. So one of our faithful either, either had enough 
of our pretty infrequent tweets, or was a bot account that has mm. been bring purged back the bot. From bring tweet, back please. the bot. If you or any of your friends run or know someone who does run a bot farm, right? Uh, send them our direction because we are eight now. Right. Away from that magical number. So hit the pause button on this <laughs> yeah. on this yeah. scintillating next uh-huh. conversation and follow us on the Twitter. We we are are very happy to be conduits for disinformation. Mm-hmm. Big time. Um, all right. So this is the on the precipice episode. Later in the episode, we are going to get to an entire segment since we're on the precipice of a hundred. Obviously, self evident. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to talk about things on the precipice for Nets or Nets players. Uh, more details to come. <laughs> Before that, though, we have a few things to get to regarding new news about the Nets. Fair? Yes. Fair to say? Yes. All right. Uh, I want to mention that there is a new bet between you me and listener, friend of the podcast, at Mad Parker mm-hmm. on Twitter. And that is whether or not Karis LeVert gets a max deal after next season. Mm. My bet is he will. Your bets are that he will not. And this is in relation to the idea of whether we should max him up, or not max him up, but offer him a contract this summer to try to get him on a discounted deal. Um, we had this conversation a few weeks ago. Do you, How are you feeling about it now? Do you think it's going to happen? Have you heard any rumblings that it might happen? No, I haven't, but I did hear from a, a colleague, and I plugged in NBA, a knowledgeable NBA fan. Really? Who, yeah. Who is that? Uh... Um, this guy, Kevin, at my work, who is a Knicks fan, but um, d- does not seem to be the kind of Knicks fan that tweets at Nets Daily. Anyway, uh-huh. um, he he mentioned that he heard on some, I don't know, somewhere, that Karis LeVert could, could get a very rich offer, if for no other reason than uh, that next year's class, free agency class, is so bad right. that that whatever money there is will be flowing to very few... Uh, players. Yeah, no, I th- I've I've heard the argument of a few guys who will be available next year, whose agents will have a pretty strong case to say my client is definitely top five available next year. Um, so it could be a payday, which is again another reason I'd love to have him. I also read a stat today about Levert, mm. which you've probably heard or read. Levert generated one point four points per possession last season. Which was good enough for third in the NBA behind two players, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kawhi Leonard. Um, pretty good company. Yeah, it is great company. I don't understand How? that stat. Sure. Do you? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Does that mean every time he shoots, he generates one point? Like, I don't... Because it's not like every time he's on the court... I don't know. I don't understand the stat. In short. I, guess it would have to do with shooting? Yeah. Like, it's not every time you touch a ball on a possession for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do not know how points per possession is is tallied. Yeah. That said, we have the third best player in the NBA on our <laughs> team. Yeah. Not bad company. But, Simon, before... Uh, so, anyway, that bet's happening. We'll monitor that. It could be a moot point if he gets offered a contract before the summer's over. Yeah. And the season begins. They can offer it up to the very last day of the season. Of the summer. Off season. Um, all right. We're going to transition into a new segment called KD Corner. Yeah. Simon... Take it away. <laughs> Katie's Corner. Katie's Corner. Um, this drink is terrible. <laughs> I've sucked mine down already. Yeah. Um, you, you can have some of mine if you want. <laughs> um, so, Katie's Corner, uh, aptly named by uh, my co-host here, uh, will be about all things KD, but I imagine mostly it will be what it is today, which is speculation, uh, pretty 
close to groundless speculation based on Instagram photos of how Kevin Durant is doing with his injury rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been several stories written uh, based on Instagram photos of Kevin Durant um, uh, first on two crutches, or no, f- sorry, first on his little scooter doodad. Right. Um, then on two crutches, then on one crutch, and then on no crutches. Uh, TMZ reported that, right? Uh, yeah, so first it was him Getting his standing. Ga- his, like, gangster pimp walk on or I something like that. They had they a pretty offensive uh, yeah, caption. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um,. Uh, yeah, so so yeah. First, it, there was like a photo of him just standing with no crutches, and then TMZ dropped the bombshell of him walking. Right. Um, so yeah, his unassisted in LA. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's exciting potentially, uh, and I look forward to to many more of these sorts of uh, you know speculative. Right. Posts. He'll be back by December. <laughs> No doubt. Um, And an unprecedented recovery. So one thing, I don't know if you've seen this. I think there was some... I think this caused a bit of a buzz on Twitter for a few days. But it was shared with me by James. Mm. Uh, The right-handed, right Achilles, left... Etc. Okay, so he's right-handed and he tore his right Achilles. And this apparently is good because right-handed people are left-leg dominant because they jump off their left leg for dunks and layups and stuff. So the thinking is he'll be totally fine. Um, as a amateur medical expert, mm-hmm. how do you read that diagnosis? So... Um I read it as I did not know that people are left leg dominant if they're right handed. Well, like in you know, like when you learn how to do a layup, you're supposed to go off the opposite leg. Oh, really? That you're, that you're going up with the hand. Up. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, did not know that. Um, I wouldn't know what to do in a dunk situation, but I do know in a layup that layup. is that Got is uh, preferred. Got it. So. Yeah, I just... I mean, that does not come from, like, a medical professional. That comes from, like, a comment on Nets Daily. Yes. So, so I, I don't know. I, I just feel like people are getting way, way, way ahead of themselves. No, I mean, that, to me, seems like... Uh, it's just like, oh, okay, well, he's, that's not his <laughs> dominant one, so it's totally... Right. Like, you need it for other kinds of jumping, defending, running up and down the court. You don't. You can't just have a, like a, a, a bum right leg and your <laughs> dominant one is fine. Like Both legs are pretty integral <laughs> to successful basketball yes. competition. Yeah. Um, so while I understand the urge to come up with any sort of um, to, gl- to glom on anything <laughs> that might support the idea that he's going to be 100% fine, I think it's probably not going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take time for him to come back from the most horrific injury you can get in sports. Uh, yeah. Uh, an- okay, the great great first edition of uh, Katie's yes, Corner. Katie's I, there's going to be a lot of it, because <laughs> Katie ain't playing for a long, <laughs> long time. Um, Simon... Marcus Smart and others, apparently, uh, defend Kyrie Irving. Tell us more. Oh, so, okay. Yes, that was a fairly misleading headline on Ned Staley that it was others. It was Marcus Smart. Yep. And then uh, um, McMullen. Um, what's her name? Jackie her name? Jackie McMullen. Who... If with friends like Jackie McMullen, who needs enemies? I mean, she <laughs> she gives a more nuanced take, and 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 she wrote that story about him, and also was interviewed. The new news was that she was interviewed, right? Yeah, on, she was. It was a, some Boston, um, yeah, right. Radio and, show and continued to say it wasn't all his fault. That she likes Kyrie Irving. That she, he's good at basketball. That things were complicated, but also says things like. He has a warped view of leadership yeah. where he gets everyone involved, thinks you should get everyone involved uh, at the beginning of the game, and then at the end you should hand him the ball. Um, and so, but Marcus Smart, to, to move to Marcus Smart, who is the only true defender, 
that has publicly said <laughs> things. Um, uh, and, and just to lay out my biases, I, I love Marcus Smart. Uh, but he uh, he says he's that there, he, David Nwaba. He, he is he is better <laughs> than David Nwaba, right? I yes, mean, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not a fringe fifteenth man. No. Um, he he mentions that um, uh, he for <laughs> him personally, and he took great pains to be clear that he was just speaking for himself. He loved Kyrie as a teammate. He was supported by him when he was going through, like, I think his mom died. Yeah, right. Uh, and that and that Kyrie was supportive of him a, a, in his time of uh, grief, and that from a basketball perspective, he helped him slow down the game, so he said, you know, he was great. He had nothing, nothing but positive things to say about Kyrie, although he, yeah, he did say, you know, Kyrie didn't play up to, to his standard, mm-hmm. um, which he, you know... Was to cool. Kyrie's standard. To Kyrie's standard, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? Um, about Marcus Morris saying that? Or Marcus Smart. Smart, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think people are bored and want any content at all related to the NBA, so they talk about, like, Jeremy Lin being sad or LeBron being a weird dad because he doesn't shoe. Like, I don't know. This is just filling the void. I don't take much away from it. Oh, okay. Well, me... Um, yeah, but... but I, uh, Levert and and Kyrie are hanging in L.A. Yeah, very exciting. That uh, is, yeah, that is good. Like, it's good that they're, you know, bonding out there or seen together or taking part. I know I know a um, press conference is off the table <laughs> for for Kyrie and, and KD, who are, are, like many NBA players in L.A. for the summer. That but ship has sailed. That ship has big time sailed. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't put that, you know, I don't think Marcus Morris is going to go, or, sorry, Marcus Smart is going to go on. A public show and trash Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I I do feel I take some heart in in the specific the specifics he offered about about Kyrie. I, I I just sort of I am feeling more optimistic about these things of late. Just feeling like Kyrie is not destined to be a terrible teammate, but that you know he certain triggers could happen, but. But that people like like a a, a you know um, a beast like like uh, Marcus Smart who who plays really hard and you know uh, can can be very um, you know won over by Kyrie and and so players like Karis Levert players like Spencer players who work really hard um, and sort of know their role right um, should be fine like uh. uh uh, conventional net, yeah. a pre-KD Kyrie net. Yes, yes. Um, headline of the week for me, Simon. Yeah, hit me. Uh, because it annoyed the shit out of me. Um, okay. It is DeAndre Jordan colon. I'm working on my three-point shot. That's the headline of the week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, reading the article, he's not saying like I'm going to be raining threes. So I I I, I was much angrier about it that like that was somehow going to be a focus of his development. The guy is a career 46% free throw shooter. <laughs> <laughs> he shot 11 threes in his NBA career and has made one. 46%? That's crazy because the last career, two years he's been good. Career 46% free throw shooter. He's had multiple NBA seasons in which he shot under 40%. <laughs> Minimum oh three. God. Minimum three when he shot under 40%. He was quoted in that article as saying, Saying that developing a shooting is a, a really important thing because he hated the hack-a-shack feeling when he was basically trying to hide on the court at the end of games when he was shooting like that. And he has taken major, major strides um, in terms of free throw uh, shooting and said that was a major focus of his game the last few seasons. Uh, it sounds like that was a major focus uh, to the detriment of the thing that he's actually good at, which is... <laughs> Uh, rim running and defense and rebounding, though he did put up numbers, as we've talked about. Um, I just think, and we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about the Sprawl Ball book and sort of how how um, 
positional versatility and diversity is essentially in the new NBA being condensed into every single person needs to just shoot threes, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, When guys who are career 46% free throw shooters get headlines talking about how they're going to start stepping back to the three-point line, something has gone very, very wrong. I like DeAndre Jordan has a skill set that, like, eight human beings on Earth today could possibly even have a chance of having, just because of how he's physically equipped, when those are denigrated to the point that he has to be like, well, and I can shoot threes now, too. (laughs) Uh, Something has gone very, very wrong. We should be reveling in the freakish ability of a guy like that, um, being able to be that big and that high-flying, and not demanding that he somehow turn into a stretch five. Right. Right, which he won't do. Which he won't do. He will just never be a good stretch five. He's one for 11, and it's not going to be a Brook thing where he's taken 20 before this season, Kenny Atkinson pushes him out, and he starts, you know, he becomes a stretch five. Right, a big part of of that evolution was that Brook took a lot of mid-range shots. Yeah, yes. And certainly never had a entire season where he shot below forty percent from free throw. I can't believe that he had minimum three. I think it could be more. Uh, the Christmas Day game. There was a lot of buzz about that. Were the Nets Knicks going to play? Were the Nets Celtics going to play? They're not. Turns <laughs> out. Um, do you care? Do you feel snubbed, slighted, overlooked? N- no, and I, I find. I find this aspect of Nets fandom, or I should say the Nets fandom of the people who are retweeted by Nets Daily and, and Net Incomes, quite um, qu- quite sort of uh, ugly. Like, I, I just, I don't think that we should be the team that is like, hey, what about us? Like, we're good now. Right. Like, that is such an annoying characteristic to take on. Like, hello, right. we right. have these players. <laughs> How come you're not paying any attention? To-? Like, that is so unseemly. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, I agree. and you know, the the Nets should always be, take, take it from the people who have been trying to get to, to put together a press conference for the last several months, <laughs> we ain't all the way there. Like, we just never will be, and it's totally fine, and embracing that and being like, th- that's sort of what's cool, like the fact that we have, a, you know, a fan section, the fact that, like, yeah, very few people are interested in the Nets, that's like... Embrace the positives of that rather than being like, hey, NBA, we've arrived. (laughs) Um, An interesting two teams that got in, Mm. uh, Pelicans versus Nuggets. Uh, I guess the NBA is banking on Zion being pretty good this season, and the Nuggets, uh, who are from Denver and mm-hmm. do not have a built-in massive fan base or historically very exciting team, um, are there, too. A lot of young guys, Jokic, yeah. etc. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't feel like, like the Christmas Day game thing, I think, is, is filler. Like, again, yeah, what are yeah. we talking about? Yeah, the yeah. schedules are coming out. Uh, that's something to talk right. about. Um, yeah, that, like, NBA 2K ratings, don't care oh, about. Yeah. Jersey numbers, <laughs> yeah, was... uh, in general, not an issue I care about. Uh, jersey design, not something I care. Anyway, something people care about. We sure, not sure. To it. Uh, Vegas win totals are out, and this is something I deeply care yeah, about. Yeah, let's talk. Um, all right. Vegas win totals are in. Westgate had us opening at 44.5. That is 2.5 games better than we were last season. What? I've got a a case for why we're so low. Okay. But you, you're upset, right? Well, no, I, I mean, I, I totally understand how we could be lower than that. Like, I, I, like, 44 is a lot of wins. To me, as a Nets fan, that's like kind of a scary number of wins. Uh-huh. Um, I guess 
my case, so I'll, I'll make the over though thing because I yeah, know you. I do. know you got the undercut. <laughs> um, my case is just that I would think that <clears throat> if you're adding uh, a second team All NBA player in place of a fringe All Star player, as well as I mean some of these other some of these other player that players that we've added, I think are just objectively better. Torian Prince, I think, is better than Damari Carroll. Yes. Um, I think that uh, Wilson Chandler is better than um, Jared, Jared Dudley. Dudley. Yeah. I think that Garrett Temple is is better than um, Travion Graham. Like, there are just, like, mul- at multiple positions in it and, and on the bench that we have gotten at least on paper better Mm-hmm. Um, so I would hope that that translates to more than than two point five wins. So that that's that's my pitch. No, and I, I could I could absolutely see it. Uh, Kyrie, as we talked about last time, Kyrie's great. You know, has a has a, a really solid season, injury free season. Livert breaks out. DeAndre Jordan isn't totally washed, and Prince is takes a step forward, being reunited with Kenny, getting I don't know, being in a better. Being around better players is just generally a better, better fit for him. Uh, so Westgate's forty-four point five. Carm- the five thirty-eights Carmelo projections has us even lower at thirty-eight wins, which in their projections would have us coming in eighth in the East, a single game better than the Chicago Bulls, but behind teams like the Magic, the Pacers, the Heat, the Raptors, and the well. Obviously, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is pretty scandalously low. Yeah. Um, how do we get there? Here's why I, I could see how I could see the argument for us being worse. And again, I don't. I think I would. I'm, I, I know that I am going to, whether I, I deeply believe it or not. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the over on it when come season time. <laughs> on my um, Cayman Island-based gambling <laughs> site. Uh, that will go unnamed because I understand they're under some <laughs> federal pressure. Right um, so here's some reasons why I could see CS being so low. Five of the top eight nets uh, in terms of win share last season mm. are gone. Mm. So we lost Ed Davis, Damari Carroll... Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Shabazz Napier, and Jared Dudley. That's a big blow to lose five of those eight. Obviously, you're replacing it with people who arguably are going to be better. As you just mentioned, Kyrie Irving is probably going to be better than D'Lo. Um, uh, Wilson Chandler will be better than Dudley. I don't know. Uh, well, I guess DeAndre Jordan could be better than Ed Davis. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But that's, that's what a, I'm a huge about. question mark. Yeah. Whether he's going to be good at defense, which Ed Davis very much was. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Jordan will get more rebounds, but are they as impactful as as the grit and grind Davis rebounds yeah. were? Yeah. Will Will they be got by punching someone in the the opposing player in the face and making them? Not want to catch the ball anymore. Right. Um, Shabazz was in there. Uh, he's was. We have like the opposite in terms of our third string point guard this year. If you if you want to say that's Nwaba, which is arguable, um, where Nwaba comes in and offers something different. He offers the opposite of Shabazz. He's not an offensive spark plug. He's a defensive stopper. Um, and Damari Carroll, yeah, as you said. Um, Prince has a very real chance of being better than him. So that that could be moot, but anytime a team loses five of its eight um, top mm-hmm. win share players, that's probably a, a, a cause for concern. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, another big question mark is injuries. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie and, and Levert are extremely injury prone, and um, if those guys get play sixty or fewer games, uh, that could that could cut into the old win total. Yeah, and I definitely think, especially with Kyrie, even even if he staves off any like big injury, they will be load managing him, and and he'll play fewer games than like D'Angelo did. Yeah, agreed. Um, and it is it 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 does seem like somewhat of a snub to be at forty four point five. But I would say the Nets 
overperformed last season. Yes. So our win total. So it is. It, it is only two point five over, but I think our win total was a bit higher than it should have been last season. Um, so that I think it would it realistic. Like we were probably more like a high thirty win team last mm-hmm. season, um, and so that's you know five or some games improvement, which is pretty big. Uh, it's you know it's a big big jump up if you yeah. think about it that way, and and. You know, it it would be disappointing, surely, if it were below, if we had forty five or fewer wins. Um, but there are many pathways where I could see Vegas being right, and Vegas has had <laughs> a, has a pretty good track record with the team. Yeah. Last last year they were way off. Yes, yeah. Um, the year before they were like exactly right. Yeah, the, the previous two seasons they'd been exactly right. And last year they were off. I think they had us at 30, 38, I think. 38? I, think uh, I thought so. it was like 36. But anyway, in either case we exceeded what they what they said. So hopefully, hopefully we do it again. Yeah, the, la- the last, just very quickly, sorry, and then I know we'll move on. I, I no, would just fine. say once again, and we, we've talked about this a bunch in other contexts, but I think a lot of it hinges on Karis LeVert. Like yes. how much of a difference a healthy Karis Levert will make, and whether he's able to stay healthy. Right, and as we've discussed, he is the third best player in the NBA. So, <laughs> based on a stat, that's just PPP talking right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Um, all right, final thing before oh, two more things before the precipice. We can do them. snappy, snappy, snap. You want some Desarano? Yeah, yeah. I I I won't have any you're, more. You're good to go. I am good, but you do enjoy it. Um, the Nets rotation. Mm-hmm. So there's been some articles out about the Nets rotation and there being serious whoa, question. <laughs> no, it's okay. Don't do not put it back. Uh, <laughs> you pour it, you drink it. You're, you're gonna have to carry it on this one. Bill. Uh, there have been some some articles where there have been serious questions about the Nets four and five. <laughs> Right, yes. as there should be. Um, certainly, those the the four in particular being our our Achilles heel. It's Yikes City still this yeah. year. Yeah, this is an Achilles that is <laughs> not even into the scooter phase of recovery. <laughs> unfortunately, um, but this line in the Ned's Daily article really jumped off the page to me, and I'd like to discuss it a bit. It's either Ned's Daily or Mike Scotto, one okay. of the two. So it says. Some of it will be easy for Kenny Atkinson, it being lineup. Mm. It says, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, and Joe Harris all cinches to get the biggest minutes. But up front and on the bench, things get more uncertain. Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert, fingers crossed, health, uh, you know, health, health being okay, are obvious cinches for big minutes. The Joe Harris thing stood out to me as not necessarily a cinch. I still very much see that position, the three, um, as up in the air as to who is going to be starting at the beginning of the season, him or Torian Prince. Do you have any... Strong, like, do you have any feeling of where that where that's going to go by the time we get there? So my my theory, Bill, is that uh, Torian will be starting, but he'll be starting at the four. Yeah. I think that Kenny will opt for uh, a shooting heavy uh, starting lineup with Joe Harris at the three, Torian Prince at the four, and pr- I I would even say maybe even. Um, DeAndre Jordan at the five, just because they'll be so bad at rebounding at the four. My reasoning for that is that I just there's not that much of an argument for anybody at the four, like uh, Kuru, yeah. or yeah. Well, certainly not Wilson Chandler. Right, should not be a starter in the NBA this year. Yeah, probably. so it, it's just not a great situation. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Prince scooting to the four and that being a non-issue. Um, but I do think that I was looking at the because I'd heard something. I think Kevin O'Connor was talking about it or something about or something uh, was talking about how Prince was a really good catch and shoot three point mm-hmm. shooter, and he is a really good one. He shoot he shot something close to forty percent in catch and shoot last season. Um, not as good as Joe Harris. For sure, but he also brings something defensively that they're definitely going to need, especially um, with guys like Kyrie, who are sort of famously not 
the dopest. Yes. Um, and I just I just think that that Prince is going to be a guy, especially if he's if he's hitting shots, that Kenny is going to sort of fall in love with. Yeah, I I I, I agree. Where wherever he plays. And even if he comes off the bench, he will be playing major minutes. I agree, uh, and I and I, I I do like the idea though of him at four, um, at, with Joe Harris at three as well. That would be some seriously potent shooting. Yeah, and with with DeAndre getting all those threes up this summer, that's <laughs> yeah, that's right. Five guys who can shoot it. <laughs> um, league investigation into tampering. Will this come down on the Nets? Maybe I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. But this is this it. is where we need our inside sources right. that we're we're still desperately trying to cultivate, but we, we haven't are. quite got. We that. are. We're out there. <laughs> we're we're yeah. we're putting in the work, folks. Pound in the page. <laughs> Let's get to the precipice. <laughs> okay. All right. So the premise of this is because our next episode is our 100th, and we're going to do something extremely special, especially if we get eight more followers by our next show. Uh, but even if not, we're doing something special. We aren't going to reveal what that special thing is just yet, yeah. but rest assured, it's something. I'm thinking on it. Yeah, we're yeah. thinking on it. Um, so we're going to do On the Precipice. It's things like the obvious one on the precipice is um, Karis LeVert is on the precipice of having a breakout all-star level season. Yes. Um, that would be the obvious one. So we've taken it off the boards for both Simon and I, mm-hmm. who have come up with each independently three to four other on-the-precipice moments, things that are going to happen for the Nets franchise, for coaches, GMs, players, concessions, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it may be mm-hmm. regarding the Nets. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to get us started? Sure. Right. Um, so, my first one is, and you touched on this uh, a bit earlier, but I think we're on the precipice of a fabulous relationship between Karis LeVert and Kyrie Irving. Um, Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do just feel, I, I just, I think Karis LeVert, again, who knows? You and I do, are not inside sources. No. We're not in no. that locker room. But... It just seems like from everything that we hear, like, Karis is just a genuinely solid dude. He's very easy to get along with. You mentioned, like, when he was interviewed at Summer League and, you know, he he went out of his way to mention, like, D'Angelo Russell. He's best friends with D'Angelo Russell. He's so glad that he got his money. It sucks that he left. Like, it's things like that that you don't have to say. He wasn't really directly asked about that. Mm -hmm. Um... And then, yes, immediately seen, like, hanging out with Kyrie at the WNBA game. Um, he works extremely hard, just like Kyrie. Um, and I, I just feel like his his emotional intelligence is high. Yeah, I would also say that a sometimes a dearth of... of news is a good thing. So, like, <laughs> yeah, he said that thing about D'Angelo, positive. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, you don't hear anything about his personality, yeah. about uh, conflict or or uh, happiness, joy. It, you, you just hear nothing about him. Um, which suggests that he just has a personality that is... Easy to get, easy going, easy to get along with. Players don't have issues with him. Uh, they clearly respect him. Before the season, they said he was the guy who was breaking out. Blah, blah, blah. But they don't. But it's never like about him as a person. His personality is just very, very much in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a Tim Duncan like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like figure where yeah. where there's just not a lot in terms of of personality, which. Can be, I mean, it's a, a rare, very rare thing when you're a superstar millionaire, like twenty year old kid. Yeah, but, um, impressive. I like that. I, I like that one. My first two are, are a little bit depressing. Okay. Um, yeah. But then Fine. I try to get positive uh, after that. Okay. So my first one is Jared Allen is on the precipice of getting traded. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, I kind of I, I I mentioned it last episode and. The, the idea of another move 
that Marx has is is sort of rising in my mind. Hmm. Um, and I think and I and I think that we haven't seen the last star acquisition of Marx. I think he wants to go all in on winning in the next three years. Um, and in order to do that, I think he would be willing to uh, part ways with some lesser pieces. Jared Allen is being used as an example because he's young enough and on a good enough contract that he could be a really, really, really enticing part of a trade because teams could value him as a fundamental part of a rebuild of any team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there would be other guys, if we're going for a star like Bradley Beal or <clears throat> someone else, that would obviously be a part of it. Uh, like a Joe Harris or a Dinwiddie or a Kurutz or so, something like that. But I think that, that Jared Allen is sort of like, if we're going to make a big move, Jared Allen is almost certainly going to be a part of it because I think teams could could have really high expectations for where he could go. And as I said last time, and uh, I just think that if DeAndre Jordan is good enough they could see enough of an upside in Nick Claxton to be like, we can part with Jared Allen um, and still have in reserves something that could potentially be Jared Allen-like. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's where I'm Interesting. I'm at with Very interesting. <laughs> All right. What's your next precipice? Uh, my next one is a, is a depressing one as well. Um, I think we are on the precipice of seeing... Our uh, good friend Jean and Musa uh, spend another season mostly in the G League. Yep. Um, I just don't. So I know that Summer League, you shouldn't take really anything from Summer League, but it was yet another data point that just suggests to me that he is someone who at best will be a person that you bring in off the bench and are like, okay. You're in for, like, five minutes. If you're hot at shooting, we'll keep you in for another five minutes. Right. And if you're not, we're going to take you out because you're not great at defense. You're not a, like, super athletic, you know, get-to-the-rim guru. You're just kind of like a not-great shooter who shoots a lot. Um, yeah, ball hog. So far, yeah. score-first ball hog. Yeah. So, Again, he's quite young. I think he's still maybe our youngest player. He is our youngest player, I think. Um, yeah. So still some maybe time. Claxton's younger, but yeah, yeah maybe. I but but so still some time. Um, I'm not in favor of like fire sailing him. I don't even know what you would get for him. So I'm not advocating trading him um, yeah. for multiple reasons. But I do just feel like he still stinks this year. Yeah, and I think that he. In in the limited coverage that he gets, has already mentioned his dissatisfaction with that, yes. and that could really like that is not the type of guy I think that the Nets have a whole lot of patience for. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see Musha um, not only being in the G League this season, but being part of a package mm-hmm. if they make a big a big move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next one, which I've also hinted at, if not explicitly said before, uh, I would say the Nets are on the precipice of giving Adam Harrington his first head coaching gig (laughs) in the NBA. I I know we've been over it, but I don't think Kenny makes it to the end of the season. Okay. Um, I hope he does because there's probably, and this extends beyond the narrow world of the NBA to the world more broadly. There's probably no single man I I like more than Katie Atkinson. <laughs> I'm standing right here. In, in, in the just just respect for his embrace of sort of existential angst mm-hmm. and dread and despair, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has it all. <laughs> yeah, in spades. He he does. Um, and for that, I will miss him forever. Mm-hmm. And whatever team gets him is lucky because he's a hell of a, a, a point guard whisperer yeah. and a development coach. But when you're trying to whisper to third eye, flat earther, <laughs> sometimes you yeah. you got to move on. Who, when you tell that maybe he should play a little slower, instantly decides that you're not the coach for him. <laughs> right, um, right. 
No, I, I, I also just say I, I, I loved just to, to your point about his, uh, his total despair. Didn't it seem like in that, um, in that uh, Beck interview, Howard Beck interview, that he truly, I honestly don't think he had thought about how many more wins he got oh, from no. the last year. No, like when he was like, whoa. 14 more wins. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, I truly yeah, don't no, think that he, he was, he was like, putting that on. Like, I just don't think he even thought about it. Like, I think he th- he was thinking about it game after game being like, oh, God, we're never going to do it. We're not going to well, win Well, no, it. and he, he was explicit. He was, just, he was just like, I'm not thinking about anything except how <laughs> bad we got our teeth yeah. kicked in by Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, that's all he took away yeah. from last season. There was no improvement. There was no, like, you turned a guy who a team gave up hope on in two seasons into an all-star. Um, you turned a shit fucking team of nobodies into a playoff team that at least took a game off the Sixers and, and gave them a bit of a, a scare. Yeah. Um, and no, no, none of that mattered. It was all negative. It, <laughs> like, he, he is, it, like, constitutionally incapable <laughs> of, of not... Just dwelling on the bad. Yeah. Um, and certainly that is not. I uh, I respect anyone who is like, I don't know, not jumped off a cliff at that. At yeah. the, you know, like. Yeah. And 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 lives, you know, lives with that sort of mentality. But <laughs> he is a dark dude, and I yeah. uh, I respect the hell out of him. And I, I it will be sad if he if he goes. Hopefully it works yeah. out though. I mean, yeah. he is a point guard whisperer. Kyrie is a point guard. I hope he can find a way to get along. Me too. All right, your next one? My next one is, I think we're on the precipice of laughing at ourselves, Bill, for past years when we've complained about the prices at Barclays Center. Oh, God. Because I think we will be like, $24 for a double shot. What a dealio <laughs> that we had. Uh, you know, $16 for a beer is going to seem... Like pennies, right. pennies on the no. dollar, compared to this year when we've got Kyrie and Prokhorov and his good buddy Joe Sy are, <laughs> you know, yanking those prices up. No, I mean it. It it's almost unthinkable, a, a world where Barclays <laughs> has more expensive prices. It's already the most expensive venue in New York City, a city with many more revered franchises and uh-huh. events uh-huh. held in various almost, locations. Almost none less revered. I would say Yan- none no, less revered. No, Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the hands-down best historically team, and this year too. Yeah. Uh, prices are half of what they are at Barclays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, it's extortion, it's criminal, and it's getting worse from here. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good one. I'll just do one more. Okay. Uh, was that your last? Yeah. Okay. I was going to do something about how the Nets are overtaking the Knicks for... Oh. But I don't really care. Like, that debate is... Uh, I don't know. I feel like Nets Daily beats that thing to death I know, and much. I find myself getting engaged in it, but I, it's just because I see those retweets. I would never think about it if it weren't for, for Nets Daily, f- like... Forcing it on on the Twitter feed, right? Like just how much he hates Knicks fans and, and it, Knicks culture. Yeah, and it's and just like again, yes, it's just an unseemly look. Yeah, I mean the Knicks have. I would I would love to be a part of a fan base that was as yes. passionate as yes. as the Knicks fan base. And they're doing it right in a lot of ways. Like, they're doing it with extreme anger. Like, the, the people that he retweets are the ones who are like, oh yeah, we're so great or whatever. But there's a lot, I mean, we witnessed, there's a lot of Knicks fans Ooh. with extreme rage Oh, they're very aware. They're very, yeah. but no, they're, they're, they're yeah. good in that they are, they're not like, well, we have the best team ever. Yeah. Sure, they only won 22 games, but they could have won 80. Mm-hmm. They're not like that at all. I mean, they're, they're self-deprecating, and I mean, they, you know, they... <laughs> They've experienced a long, long, long period of heartbreak and are run by arguably the have the worst owner mm-hmm. in the sport and there is no end in sight. And so yeah, they're rightly, you know, angry and and self hating. So anyway, I'm not gonna do that one. I'm gonna do the positive note of K D is on the precipice of his third NBA. Finals MVP. 
Bill. <laughs> Excuse me, have you, have you had the double disarm? <laughs> so, KD comes back in March, gets some shots up, gets some reps in, finds out where he fits into the to the Brooklyn Brooklyn team. We get the third seed in the East. Okay. Uh, and by the time the playoff, by the time the first round is through, which we sort of grinded out, KD has found his rhythm. He is fully back. He's 100%. And he carries this team to its first ever NBA championship. Uh, and thus his third finals MVP. That sounds great. You buy it? I, I mean, <laughs> I would, I would absolutely love that. Right. At this point in the summer, why the hell not? Yeah. Uh, um, all right. So next time, oh, we had a uh, okay. Next time, we've got a mailbag. Oh, but great. Okay, we'll we'll get to it next time. Okay, uh, on our hundredth, we are gonna bring it in a big way. Okay, next yes. week. Yeah, uh, and. Are you excited about number 100? Can you believe it's here? I can't. I honestly can't. It's it pretty seems, crazy, It right? seems like just yesterday we were doing this. I feel like we, we started recording right around the time that D'Angelo Russell was traded to the Nets. Pretty much. And um, we had one really, really, really bad microphone mm, that yeah. both of us were sharing. Right. Which, after a very long time, we upped to, these, to one of these. <laughs> And we still just used one. Yeah. I sort of hunched over the desk. Yeah. Now we have not one, but two pretty uh, affordable microphones Yeah, absolutely. Um, All paid for with our own money. Yeah, that's right. Despite the fact that we've been free advertising for Deserano and other products. For Deserano and Bud Bud Light Lime. I mean, it is criminal that they have not given us... So much as a microphone in all of this time. Yes. Um, but anyway, follow us, rate us, review us. Yes. Hit us up. Hit, hit us up uh, at Maybe Nets Time on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, follow us on all of your favorite podcast dispensaries. Yeah, and uh, maybe we can do some mailbagging for the 100 if yeah. we get some cues Would in. Would love that. Maybe maybe next time at gmail.com for those cues. For those cues. Um, all right, folks. Keep it real out there. <laughs> Signing off. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, see, see ya. <laughs> next, next time. I was tired of my lady. Together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like.